Welcome back to another episode of House to House. It is your boy, Kyla. As always, beside me, the guy who picked a pack of pickled peppers, Peter. All I want for Christmas is you. Carrie makes another hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> She's defrosting as we speak. <laughs> I, don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about the buble, lah, that's why. Oh, I just get shut down again, and uh, the travel bubble. Sorry, 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 sorry. And last but not least, the big bad boss, David Bay. Omicron rollout. Oh my! <laughs> no, no, that no, stop! That that is not what we want to have. Re-edit, re-edit. No, <laughs> don't roll out. Don't roll out. <laughs> don't roll out. Don't roll out. Retract back. That's not so. Retract back. Uh, Alright, first of all, before we start this episode, can I just give a shout out to whichever weatherman that did the forecast for December, who said that the first half was going to be rainy and everything. I am really vibing with that. I don't know about you guys, but I had trouble waking up this morning. The really weird thing about the weather is that in the morning it's cold, and then by the mid-afternoon it's just stupidly warm and humid. Because the rain has stopped, right? Yeah. I... Yeah. Just like, yeah. If it rains like the whole day, then... Oh, you feel like you're going to fall sick? Because of this extreme weather thing, I don't know. Mm. Hey, babe, you heard that, no? I think better work from home, uh, to be safe. Wow, the silence is palpable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I muted myself. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. All right, whatever you say, babe. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, today we're going to be discussing about priority schemes. Now... When people want to BTO, one of the things most of them do is to not only check which grant they're eligible for, which location they should go for, but also what priority schemes they can take to, you know, better their chances at securing a unit. However, today we're going to ponder on the question of, are priority schemes actually useless and should we be getting rid of them instead? Um, Before I get Bay and Peter to share their thoughts about this, let's just... Um, run through what priority schemes there are in the first place, you know. So currently, there are seven priority schemes and what they generally do is they increase your ballot chances. Um, how, you may ask? Well, now let's just briefly run through all seven priority schemes and how they help. So just prepare yourself for a lot of short forms because, you know, we live in a world full of initialisms also, right? Like BRB, FYI, WAP. Wait, what? Okay, never mind. Uh, so the first one we're moving on to is the MCPS, which is the Married Child Priority Scheme. So this one is probably one of the most popular ones, uh, especially for couples who are married or soon to be wed and want to stay near, stay near their parents. Stay near meaning within 4km of their parents' house. And how this helps is they allocate up to 30% of BTO slash SBF units to whoever that applies under this scheme, which is quite a sizable amount, like 30%. Now, secondly, no more MC, but now it's MG. So MGPS is the multi-generation priority scheme. If you feel that 4KM is too far, but no, you don't want to leave your parents, 
The MGPS allows you and your parents to apply for two units in the same BTO project as if you never left in the first place. Now it's just different houses in the same block or same estate, that kind of thing. Uh, how this helps is that up to 15% of the eligible flats for your parents will be allocated and the corresponding number of other flats will be allocated to you. Now, thirdly, quite aptly as well, the third child priority scheme, the TCPS. Now, this is obviously for couples who have more than two children and how this helps is up to 5% of BTO slash SBF flats will be allocated for you because, you know, you're helping the government reach their quota, basically. Okay, we are done with the four-letter ones. Now, let's move on to the second half of it. The PPS. While it does sound like a bootleg version of the PlayStation Portable, what it actually stands for is the Parenthood Priority Scheme. Uh, this is for first-timer couples who are expecting or already have children. Because you're a parent, right? You get priority. Yeah. How this helps is you get up to 30% of BTO units and up to 50% of SBF units are allocated to you, which is crazy. Next up, the SPS refers to the Senior Priority Scheme. So this one is aimed at senior citizens. So Bay, this one you can probably take in five years' time. Peter's older than me. Awesome. <laughs> good comeback, good comeback. <laughs> so this one, 20% of the two-room flexis will be allocated for people who apply um, under this scheme. Uh, this one's for senior citizens, so this one only two-room flexi. Okay, um, now the penultimate one, the TPS. Now the TPS actually stands for the Tenants Priority Scheme. It's to help current tenants who are renting uh, and up to 10% of two rooms slash three rooms will be allocated for them. So basically help them move on with their housing journey, get them a more permanent long-term housing solution. Just to clarify, it's, it's mm -hmm. tenants who are the tenants of HDB rental flats. Yes, tenants. So, not, if, yeah, yeah. if you are renting private property, yeah, sorry, go with. Yeah. Or even renting from, you know, like staying in a room in a HDB, it doesn't count. You oh, it doesn't have, count? You have to uh, rent the whole house, uh, you mean? Because you're renting from HDB directly. Ah, right. So you're right. In, that, in that particular bracket, where, you know, for whatever circumstance you're in, you're renting directly from HDB. This is HDB's way to give you priority to get a new, a new place. Awesome. Okay, thanks for the clarification, Peter. Okay, now for the last and seventh priority scheme, we have the ASSIST. So yes, ASSIST is also an abbreviation. What it actually stands for is Assistance Scheme for Second Timers. Um, so this is aimed at divorcees or widowers with children. If you took a listen to our previous episode, this would probably be one of the options when um, the couple gets a divorce. And how this helps is up to 5% of two or three room in a non-mature estate will be allocated to those who apply for this scheme. And this 5% will also be shared with the already integrated 30% that's allocated for second timers. So a bit a bit complicated, but these are for more rare cases. Like it's not, it's definitely in the minority for this. So those are the seven priority schemes that we currently have. And now that you have a better idea of what they are and what they do. Let's bring back Peter and Bay for this segment because there was this Straits Times article that said, and this was the headliner, by the way, most Singaporeans want HDB priority schemes removed. And 
and this wasn't just like those, you know, this newspaper opinion piece or whatever. It was a survey done by the Ministry on National Development. So just to um, catch our listeners up, this is a summary of the article. Basically, they reported that a survey was conducted among Singaporean citizens. Many of them said that priority schemes should be removed so that everyone has a more equal chance. And, you know, some people don't get that extra up to 30% allocation if you apply it through the MCPS, for example. So um, I want to know, maybe you can share your first impressions when you first saw the headline or your thoughts about whether you agree or disagree with removing the schemes. Uh, Peter. So it's very interesting because when you actually look at the maximum allocation of each of these priority schemes, you are more or less giving almost 100% of the allocated flats or units in a BTO uh, exercise or maybe in the SBF who falls under one of these priority schemes. 30% are given to the parent parenthood priority scheme. 30% are given to the married child priority scheme. That's already 60%. You know, you've got uh, 15% for the multi-generational priority scheme. Yeah, privacy scheme. Uh, <laughs> multi-generation priority <laughs> scheme. Yeah, what a tongue twister. So that's 75%. That's three quarters of the allocation, of the flat allocation. Right. That is only for three priority schemes, not to mention the other four, which on average is about 5% each, which means that 95% of flat allocation is actually given to one of these priority schemes. Damn. So if you don't qualify for any of these priority schemes, then technically the minimum chance you have is 5%. So I can understand wow. why some people that has just too little, too little of the pie to fight for. But of course, I mean, the truth is that not everyone will qualify. Not everyone who qualifies will apply. So this is just the maximum allocated. Mm. Uh, there's no data on how many of each launch the priority scheme actually qualifies for. So we don't really know how many people from each launch are not do not fall under any of these seven. It's crazy to think actually now yeah. like I mean I, I like just now I was mentioning like each one how many percent, each one's how many percent, but then when you actually compile them and add them up together for for a certain BTO project, right? Yep. And then the end result is only that hey you know what? If you don't fall into any of these priority schemes, too bad, you know? Like, you are stuck with that remaining 5% kind of thing. So, <laughs> I, I think it's a bit funny that, you know, when they say priority schemes, it's, what, they, they don't kid around with that, man. Like, up to 95% basically priority for that. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll caveat by saying things like the tenants priority scheme. It's 10% of two-room flexi and three-room flats only. So it, it, it doesn't take into account four-room flats, five-room flats, you know what I mean? Mm. So, so you have, even though I did that, that umbrella, you know, like, like addition and say 5%, the truth is that only applies to certain flat sizes. Yeah. It doesn't apply to all units available. So for like the standard four-room, five-room, all you're competing with is like the MCPS 30% and the PPS, right? Like. You're only competing with 60%, guys. No biggie. Yeah, only. Yeah. <laughs> only 60%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm, but yeah. Um, so I, have... can see, I can see why 
people would think that removing them would be more fair for everyone. La. Right, okay. So, you, while you do understand where people are coming from, would you say that you agree with this as well? Yeah, I mean, as in, um, again, these are policies which help to encourage certain kinds of families mm. from enjoying the subsidized public housing that the government is providing. Mm. Right? So, I mean, uh, take the Parenthood Priority Scheme, for example. The, the, it's very clear that you know, when you have a child, whether it's, uh, an, you're expecting a newborn or whether you are already you know, have a child below 18 years old, you want to have a very safe and secure place to bring up this child. Yeah. You want to have a permanent place to bring up this child and that's why um, 30% of the units in any BTO launch are automatically allocated, given priority to uh, parents with children below 18. Mm. Makes sense to, to make sure that these, this uh, type of family, this type of family unit, is able to get a permanent home as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. Just settle them. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts before I move on to B? Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss it, but there is a reason why when it came to the prime, the, the prime location public housing model, mm-hmm. only one priority scheme was affected. But I guess we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay, cool. Um, Bay, now I want to pass it over to you. Share, maybe share what you think about this um, article when you saw it, whether you agree or disagree with Ru. The whole removal of these priority schemes. Um, I personally feel that the removal of all priority schemes is not correct. But of course, it's just my view, right? Okay. Um, the reason is, in Singapore, there are there are things that we need for Singapore, and it's obvious that many of these priority schemes are actually tiered towards. Um, having more children or priorities for people with children and being near their parents. And that's actually one of the biggest things that Singapore needs. As a, as a country moves towards, from a young country towards a developed nation, you know, there is an aging population problem where there are more older people than younger people. There is a shrinkage of population. I mean, we are having these problems what, in Germany, in Japan, and and if you think about those two countries, they have been the most, most developed countries as a whole. You know, not like US where there are the very developed states and there are also the more backward states, mm. right? So backward doesn't mean no technology, but backward means not as economically advanced. But in right. Japan, although there is like the rural, the rural villages, but they are still, they are still all, you know, I, I can, I can sit the Shinkansen and then I will be in the town in 45 minutes and can work at a, at a, at Philips mm. or, or, or whatever. Sorry, Philips may not be a Japanese country, like a <laughs> company like Toyota or Sega. <laughs> yeah, but you, you get what I mean. So, so, I mean, everybody knows that Singapore's population is not the, there's not enough children born every year. And as you move towards the aging population, that actually puts a huge resource um, burn on the country because yeah. the working adults have to support the non-working adults. And if nobody wants to support the older elderly, that's where the government has to step in. And if they step in and they spend um, the country's coffers on this 
then you have to pay higher tax and then it just becomes a, a cycle that everybody becomes unhappy. So a lot of these schemes, as you can see, parenthood priority scheme, mm. multi-generation stay with parents, third child priority scheme is the most powerful, right? You have three children, definitely husband and wife got three means you overpopulate, which is good. Um, and this is actually what these schemes are for. It's quite obvious. One of the biggest things which I feel should be amended rather than removed okay. will be the married part. Because there are a lot of single parents who are divorced. Mm. And, but you don't like their children, man. You also want their children to be taken care of, right? Mm. So that is something which I think there was actually uh, mentioned in parliament a couple times already. And I think that's probably what I would like to see an amendment made. But most of these schemes are actually for the future of Singapore. And, and that's basically what it is. Uh, it's either for old people or for people with children or for people who to be motivated to have more children. That's basically it, right? That's what they're trying to market the house as. La. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, one of the arguments is it's very expensive in Singapore. It's even more expensive to raise a family in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Well, you have the HGBs and the government is pulling all stocks for you to raise a family. Right, so that's one thing. Now, another point in the article which I want to bring up mm-hmm. is that in the second paragraph, very quickly, they said that majority of Singaporeans also feel that owners should not be allowed to rent out the whole HDB flat after five-year MOP mm. or 10-year MOP for the, what's that called? HL? PLH, yeah. PLH, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you've listened to past episodes of the podcast, you do know that my stand on that is very similar. And I thought that I was a controversial stand where I feel that a HDB should be made for staying. And if you want to invest or you have a lot of money, then you go buy a private. HDB is subsidized housing. It's for Singaporeans to have a roof over their head for at least, I mean, if it's a 99-year lease, that is, if you were zero years old when you buy and you should pass away by 99, it's your whole life. Or if not, it's actually two and a half to three generations worth of living. Mm. Right? So so that's what a HDB is. It's It's a subsidized housing. And therefore, it shouldn't be used to generate profits. Now, why the whole flat should not be rented out is because that means generating profits. If you're an old man, everybody has passed on or left the nest, or old woman, of course, um, and you stay in one room and rent out the other two or another room to have passive income when you are 70 years old, that's perfectly fine and it's allowed. So what actually made me warm the cockles of my heart is that, hey, majority of Singaporeans also think this way. You know, we always feel that Singaporeans are kiasu, kiasi, selfish. But no leh. I thought I was going to be controversial, but it's not. Majority of Singaporeans see the bigger picture. If you continue to allow HDBs to generate cash or generate income, then people are going to abuse this as a money-making tool. And therefore, the prices of HDBs will continue to go up because people will buy it to invest. And, and I'm, I'm glad that majority of Singaporeans, as quote-unquote in the article, are saying, having the same thoughts. And it's not just like a pool of 100 people surveyed. Uh. It's 7,500 Singaporeans have weighed in, mm. right? So this, yeah. this is cool. Uh. I think it's cool. It's nice. Uh. It makes you happy that it's, there is a sizable amount of people that also share the same view as this. Uh. It's not my view that I need to win, but more like my view is... It's more, I mean, it's quite obvious logically, right? That it's for the greater good. Mm. It's not for your wallet, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
they're putting the bigger picture as the priority. La. That is the priority scheme now. La. There's another controversial part in the article that says some participants preferred the government to buy back these flats where or in the premium locations where others preferred it to be in the open market where prices can be negotiated like today between buyer and seller mm. uh, because that will reduce the lottery effect. I still feel market forces should be in play because demand and supply, okay, la, let's put it this way, uh, there is a line between whatever government system Singapore is, whether it's guided democracy or corporate, <laughs> corporate government system, but we are definitely not communists, right? If you allow the government to buy back these flats, then you are letting more and more government intervention in a lot of stuff. And that, that just leads us down another, another road, which... A different path entirely, yeah. Correct. Mm, so, okay, okay. open market should still be there. Capitalists, right? We are capitalist society, right? So, it should so the, still be an open market. The power should still fall back onto the consumers, like, essentially, which affects demand and supply like, at the end of the day. Exactly. So, my stand is not... I don't really care what the government does. I only care that the government takes care of the citizens as well as the residents, not just citizens, but anybody who provides their brains, their life, their sweat, their blood for Singapore. The truth is, it's always for the people, it's always for consumers. I mean, Mortgage Master and Property Master is created to put the power back to the consumer, not the middleman, not the businesses. And this is where I like the open market concept, because the power is back in the consumer's hand. Mm. Which should be the case like, in the first place, right? Yes. Mm. So with the schemes, you take power out of some people's hand. But then there's again a bigger picture. You want to take care of the people not contributing to the future of Singapore by having more kids? Or you want to take care of people who contribute in that manner? I mean, there are many ways to contribute. But you know, population growth is actually an important thing. So if you take away these schemes and then you complain why we keep on attracting foreign talent and making them citizens, then you are actually a contradiction. Okay. Yeah, okay. But let's not go down the line of trajectory where it becomes a lot more political because this is not what this podcast is about. La. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I mean, just nice. We can use this as a segue where you brought up, you know, all the prime estates, the PLH uh, model units and everything. Um, because <clears throat> this is what the PLH turned out to be, right? I mean, this article was released a week before the PLH model was announced. Um, and then, as we all know, the PLH model, they come with certain restrictions like not being able to uh, rent out the entire flat and everything, and the clawbacks besides that and everything. So, um, Peter, you mentioned that you had a... Uh, you wanted to say something regarding the PLH model? So, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, this article came out before the PLH model was announced. Mm -hmm. So, what the PLH model or what the virtual launch in particular has reviewed is that the priority schemes will be tweaked for each launch on a case-by-case -case basis. So for Rocho, the priority scheme for the married child uh, priority scheme is reduced from 30% normally to 20% for first-timers. So which right. means only 20% of the units in the Rocho launch mm. are allocated to those that qualify and apply through the married child priority scheme. Why, why, why do you think they did that? Why do you think they decreased from 30% to 20%? So the, the official line 
is that they want it to be more inclusive. They want to make sure that um, majority of the people who apply for this PLH model are not people whose parents live within four kilometers of the prime location of Rocho. Because to be fair, it's a it's prime location yep. for a reason. Um, there won't be that many people in the first place living within 4km of the Rocho site. Mm. That alone uh, is <laughs> okay. there 30% of people who's uh, the children of those who are already living within that, that prime location. I apologize for interrupting, but just to be clear, because Peter is the nicest politically correct guy ever, I'm going to mansplain Peter. <laughs> Basically, if it's a prime location and you let the married child people get it, then their parents are staying in the prime location. They are already rich people. Lah. Okay, so you don't need the rich people's children to have more priority buying a rich people area house. To buy, subsid- as in to buy subsidized oh. property. To buy cheaper property. Subsidized public property, yeah. Right, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't get that advantage, lah, basically. Or at Is least that what you're trying to say? less people should be advantaged by it. Mm, okay, yeah. okay. Because 30% again is one third of the units. Yeah. If all 30% is used up, then yeah, I mean, as they could say, the rich, rich will get richer. La. Mm, and it, it, stays, it stays as like a more rich dominant estate, right? Like the people there will. You know what I mean? Like the rich people are living in prime estates, and then now their children who are also from the same family lineage, will also get those estates right. if they... Uh, if they somebody would have suggested internally that we should actually make it a reverse scheme where if you are building a HGB in Phuket Timah, which you know should never happen, and if your parents stay near Phuket Timah, you are not allowed to buy the HGB. It should ah. actually be that way, but you can't do that. So what you do is reduce the allocation instead. Mm. I yep. mean, if you did that, then you are courting controversy. Yeah, because their whole headline was to be inclusive as well, right? Yeah. And this is just straight up excluding some people already. Yeah. Any any of you have anything else to add for the whole priority schemes in, in PLH maybe? Okay. If there's nothing, then there's actually one more question that I want to throw out to you guys before we uh before we close out this episode. So how do you guys feel about should we remove priority schemes entirely for all BTOs even in non-prime estates? As I said, you need to take care of the future of Singapore so you need to have the priority schemes for people with children. Even before I was married, even before I had children, I actually agreed with those schemes already. Because if you read enough economic articles, regarding the replacement population for the future generations, you do realize that that is a very important factor in the growth for the future of the country. And so priority schemes enticing or encouraging, sorry, encouraging you to to breed a soccer team is good. But then you also burden your life with more financial costs, right? So these priority schemes are, are very logical in my opinion. To help the country, I need to have five children. Okay, for example, my wife will not appreciate that statement. <laughs> uh, and, but I need to pay for five children. So therefore, the government's giving me some priority in having a subsidized house. They, they, they help you, la. You, you. You scratch their back, they scratch your back, la, that kind of situation. Like, what you're saying is that we should 
um, we shouldn't remove priority schemes entirely. La. Yes, you should not remove, but you should tweak them. Tweak because them. you need the priority schemes to be more inclusive for people who want to help Singapore. Interesting. I mean, I have my own personal gripe against that, but I, I think that's not related to this. Okay, okay, how about like, I suggest a priority scheme just off my head. Uh. So okay, okay. controversial as it is, don't blame me, it is uh, off the cuff. There are mm. people who are very brilliant, very, very brilliant, who has mm. decided to work in the government sector or like say be a teacher and earn less money than if they had gone to one of the biggest companies in the world like Apple, Facebook, Google, and they are that brilliant. And so they are taking literally uh, maybe a two, three million dollar pay cut for the next 20 years of their career. Give them a priority scheme because they are helping the Singapore, Singapore as a whole while sacrificing on the circular sector, they join the government sector instead. You know, stuff like that. So off the cuff, no offense, anyhow say one, but you know the logic behind that? Mm, yeah. Change the priority schemes. These priority schemes have been around for too long. Every time I see the word married child, married something, how many people are not married? I'm not advocating um, divorce, which was mentioned in a huge section in the last podcast. But at the same time, divorce, divorce happens. Take care of the children from those marriages as well. Um, I think that there will be an argument for this where people say that uh, for people who feel all priority schemes should be removed entirely is that you know, um, it, it, at the end of the day, the result of that will be it's more equal for everyone. Which is, I guess, fair in that sense. Like, I do, I do understand that perspective as well. But for me, I completely agree with you guys. We should definitely keep the priority schemes and make it more, and tweak in a certain sense that it should still cater to some people because it's still public housing, you know, and those people still fall under the public. Some people do need houses more urgently. That's just... That's just the way of life, you know. Just because you don't fall into that situation doesn't mean that, eh, then that's not fair, leh. you know, that kind of thing. It is exactly what the name suggests. Uh. It schedules priority for some people. So, yeah. Um, Alright, now let's move on to our weekly wind down. Well, very high budget. Sound effects, man. Effects, Seriously. Very high budget for sound effects. <laughs> okay, Um. so... Let's just do a very casual one. Have, have you all seen your own Spotify rap? I don't know what that means. Can okay, you, you have a, do you have a Spotify premium account? You do, right? Yes, I do. Ah, okay. So if 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 it's not too much trouble, uh just phone or computer? Uh, uh phone is fine, phone is fine. So you open so I'm on a computer one. Do I need to use the phone one to see? I... Uh, the phone one will the phone one will have all the details. Yeah, we'll have all the details, the very fancy PowerPoint slideshow, that kind of thing. The desktop app will just have your playlist. La, yeah, so basically for anyone who doesn't know what a Spotify rap is, if you haven't if you don't know about it or if you don't have Spotify. Oh, I um, see it now. Basically, what Spotify does is every December, every last month of the year, they do this like recap of your year. Yep. Um they they compile like what songs you listen to the most, how many genres you listen to. So so let me throw it over to Peter first. Um any 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 fun fact you want to share about your own Spotify rap for 2021? Uh so yeah, in in 2020 when I did my rap, mm. uh I've learned that I only listened to 7,000 minutes on Spotify. Like entirely? My whole year, which was a ridiculously low amount. Oh, those are rookie numbers, my man. 
worse than rookie numbers. It's, it's <laughs> not. It's like, like why are you paying for premium when you're you know, you're only listening to Spotify like one hour a day on average. So, so I made it a point to you know try to reach, uh, at least ten times that amount this year. Whoa. Okay. And I failed. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, seventy thousand minutes in a year is quite it's quite high. But what what was your what was your result? I only managed to do nine thousand minutes this year. <laughs> okay. Did wow, ten thousand like, minutes, and I'm higher than fifty seven percent of Singaporeans. So, I guess ten thousand is not really nine thousand. Shouldn't be rookie numbers as well. We are more than the median. Yeah, but that's only about twenty five minutes on average a day, which mm. is only about five to six songs. Uh, okay, you know why? Because we work from home, so we do not drive or listen to Spotify in public transport. That's why it's lesser. Man, I, yeah. I actually feel mine didn't change at all, uh, regardless whether it's work from home or not. Because you should not work from home, bro. Eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Throwing, flipping the question back on me. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, your, your, what, Bay, what was yours? 10,000? 10, uh? 10,700. Peter's was 7,000. Uh. Hey, 9,000. Uh, sorry. 9,000 this year. 9,000. Yeah. Mine this year was 86,000 minutes. Wow. Oh, How many God. times do you listen to House to House? <laughs> I mean, okay, to be fair, House to House did make it in my top four, top five podcasts of the year. So, hey, congrats to us. Congrats yeah. to us, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, 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 out of curiosity, was there a track in your top 10 you didn't expect to see in my top 10 uh, uh, I can say top 100 uh, but top 10 is more, five, top five. It's more let's ask this question to everyone top 5 uh. top 5 I, I wouldn't say there's any surprise um, yeah not for me but maybe maybe just a fun fact my number 1 song of this year has been in my top 5 since 2018 wow <laughs> yeah so that that song has appeared for about four years now in my top five. So consistency is key, yeah, guys. Yeah. But what about you guys? Any any surprising facts? Any fun facts about your top five? Uh, not top five lah, but top ten lah, which is mm-hmm. why I made the top ten thing. So so uh this year was kind of like a year for discovering new things. So Disney Plus mm. uh came I think this year, right? Yeah, early this year. Fair early this year, early. yes, yeah. correct. Because I finally got to watch Hamilton. Mm. And after watching Hamilton, I I can understand why people put the soundtrack on repeat. Yeah. So it's addicting. that good, right? Eliza! Yeah. So, so wow. wow. The Hamilton soundtrack broke into my top 10 because there's one song that I cannot stop listening to. Wait, can I can I just take a can I just take a guess at what that song is and see whether we're on sure. see whether we're twinsies on that? What? So my favorite Hamilton song that mm. uh, that I always have on repeat is My Shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I can understand dude. why, uh, but it's not mine. Oh okay. Well, what what was your Hamilton song? Uh, you'll be back. You'll be back. Just the Jonathan the Jonathan Groff song where he uh sings as King George the Third. Ah! Da, 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 the one where he's doing the right? Sorry again? The, the one, the, the song during the actual um, Hamilton musical or performance where he keeps spitting, right? Like you can yes. Vis- yes. visibly see his spit coming up because that's yes. how into character he is, right? 
And apparently he does it for every performance, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's it's so good. I mean, I, I for me I take it as a as a passion for his craft. Definitely. Yeah. You don't know when I record podcasts how much speed there is on my computer screen. Oh god. No, we do, okay, we didn't you, know you that. Can keep the mic. I don't want the mic back anymore. <laughs> yeah, you keep that mic, babe. But that's a passion for my craft too. Oh, is it? <laughs> that is my shot. Get that out of the recording, please. Credit, credit where credit is due. Credit where credit is due. So, what is your top? Yeah, but what's Kyler's interesting one? I, I I shared mine just now. Is that mine? My number one song this year has been on my top five for the past four years. Yeah, so, what song is that? Uh, it's a it's a it's a very obscure song. It's a old it's an old Kanye song. Champion. <laughs> no, no, no. Champion? Wait, was that a Kanye West even called Champion? Insert keyboard sounds. Oh, yeah, there is. No, but it is from the same album, to be fair. It's called Flashing Lights. God damn, that song is so good. Not all of the lights, right? Flashing no, no, lights. no. This is the flashing lights. This is the pre-all of the lights. This one is just flashing, not all yet. Oh, okay. Now, it's more specific, yeah. Cool, Before cool, he discovered cool. other other genres of lights, definitely. Yeah. So how many times have you listened to that song this year according to Spotify? Uh if I'm not wrong, it was 364. Oh. No. Yeah. You listen to it once a day. Yeah, it's almost once a day. I mean, to be fair, oh I still God. have time to make it up. La, so I have I have an entire month to listen to it one time, I guess. Oh no, actually, no, it's last December to this December. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's last December to this December. December. Yeah. So yeah. F- for me, that song is so interesting. So good, yeah. Oh my! My top song is only was only listened to nine times. <laughs> and what can I just shout out? It's to Marianne Carmel. We'll probably never listen to this podcast, but she's a Singapore-based oh. singer-songwriter. So yeah. What's the, you, what's the... you when you share on uh, IG or Facebook, you tag her lah. I tag I tagged her on Twitter already, so she was very appreciative. Oh. That's but nine times, she finds out now it's nine times, she's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you're my top, you're my top uh, artist for for my Spotify rap. Oh, bracket nine times. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for someone who's only listened to 9,000 minutes in the entire yeah. year. Fair enough, yeah. You that dedicate like, like six minutes to her. Six minutes. <laughs> uh, Bey, what about yours? What's your... Top five or interesting fact or something. I'm into George Ezra song, so Shotgun and Budapest because uh-huh. it's easy to sing, right? He's a low, low, low voice. Mm. Um, but a lot of the rest of the songs are okay. My top song for a long time was Turbulence. Oh I love to work out to Turbulence. I did not expect that. I like EDM a lot. Um, however, mm. since children grow a bit older and demand songs in the car. Daddy, mm. I want that song. It's now been Can't Stop the yeah. Feeling by Justin Timberlake because mm. it's from the Rose movie. Yes. And Hakuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Hakuna Matata is awesome. You, you, you can't not be happy when listening to that, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's a feel-good song. Huh? Super feel-good. It's good. a wonderful phrase. Ain't no passing craze. <laughs> yeah, it means no worries. For the rest of your days, it's this is our the problem free. Yeah, this is the kind of content that you can expect from a quality mortgage slash real estate podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks for thanks for giving uh, thanks for sharing your Spotify reps for twenty twenty one. 
And we're going to follow in Spotify's footsteps and wrap it out as well. Uh, Spotify mobile listeners, the usual, there's a poll, there's a Q&A, anything you want to share with us. Or you know what? Actually, let us know what your top song is or what your top five is or how many minutes that, how many minutes you've been on Spotify for 2021. Share it with us. I would love to know it genuinely. I'm actually genuinely interested in what our listeners listen to. And also let us know if House to House cracked your top five for this year. Um, we will send you virtual hugs and everything. Anything else besides that, do let us know. Podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg Okay, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we'll catch you next week as usual. Everybody say bye. Bye. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,